0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today on Barca Talk, El Clasico has officially been postponed, but last weekend FC Barcelona had their strongest-away win of the season against Ibar in La Liga. Hey, this is Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, your host, coming to you from Buffalo, New York, and joining me from Madrid is Gabriel Quiroga.
1: Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. What's going on in Buffalo, my friend?
0: We're actually recording on Saturday morning for me, afternoon for Gabriel, because we had essentially what is the complete opposite of a Clasico this weekend. <laughs> Instead of a Saturday night match, uh, you know, in a in a big stadium with two big clubs facing off, we had a early Saturday morning. Well, for me, morning, but. Well, I think even for Spaniards, it was kind of like morning. 1 p.m. is ridiculously early for a game. For sure. I mean, I
1: I tweeted that I need a coffee, you know, because it just just felt really early. Because, again, we never have games like this this early um, here in Spain for Barcelona. They're usually 4 o'clock, as we always talk about. It's usually the earlier Uh, or the earliest kickoff. But this was definitely one of the earliest I can remember.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. So, yeah, we had a very early Saturday kickoff at a tiny stadium against a not-so-threatening side in Ibar. Um, not a bad
1: side overall, but, you know, it's not a classic. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And as we talked about in our Thursday episode, the stadium only holds about 7,000 people. Yeah. Obviously, it was, it was filled, but it just, you know, it loses that big-game feel, as you say, even though with 7,000 people, it's still not enough to really kind of make a, a huge impact with noise and so forth.
0: Yeah, I mean, seven thousand seat stadium packed to the gills, or ninety eight thousand seat stadium with eighty percent of the seats filled. I I'd still go with the the bigger stadium for sure. Yeah, but
1: but again, it was a you know good. I would say one of the best road games we've had in the last year, maybe,
0: maybe. And that's exactly what we're gonna talk about today: is the Ibar match, La Liga match day nine. On the road at the Iperua Stadium, um, but we should uh, just briefly touch on the most current information that we have pertaining to the Classico uh, rescheduling. It's At this point, it has officially been postponed. Um, at, at one point during this last week, there was a proposal of just changing the venue and switching it from the Camp Nou to the Bernabeu, and then I guess you know switching it back in March, uh, do, do it at the Camp Nou then. But now it's officially been postponed and the new date of December 18th has been proposed. But as of this recording,
1: it hasn't been fully confirmed. Yeah, the news is on Monday. They'll have a confirmation of the date. And again, it, it, for any, you know, I think the biggest losers over this for, you know, from the outside is basically people coming for the Classico, people who have invested money uh, for flights, hotels and tickets, you know, because now it's a logistical nightmare because they may not get refunded and so forth. So that's a really, I'm, I was talking to someone on Twitter and they were just saying, yeah, I had a uh, plan for this trip for two years, you oh. know? Uh, yeah. And then now he doesn't know if he'll ever be able to come back to Spain because this was like a once in a lifetime type of thing. So those are the, the difficult parts, right? I mean, I know, you know, with all the political unrest that's happening in Catalonia and all stuff. And, you know, that's definitely more important right now with that. But as we talked about on that, on that, Bonus episode on Thursday. No one wins with this resolution, right? Because if it's postponed, yeah, but then you lose out on the fans that are coming from outside of Spain. The major concern is the security of the fans and the players, and they just cannot guarantee it uh, for next weekend. Right. And really, you know, it's just
0: it comes down to the fact that there are sometimes there are just bigger things than than football. For sure. sure. Even, Even a Classico, there are even bigger things than a Classico. For sure. Speaking of which, on that same uh, end of the week episode last week, I mentioned that something like – I looked up a stat on US viewership of Classico and I was yeah. off by about a factor of 10. Because <laughs> I, uh, I, I just read sort of like the gloss on an article about comparing the Super Bowl to a Classico, yeah. and the number that I saw of 110 million viewers was for a Super Bowl. I see. Recent Classicos have reached US viewership of something like 1.4 to 2.1 million, you know, yeah. in that in that range. So, yeah, I was. I was way off there, <laughs> but that's what I get for not actually reading the article and just relying on numbers that pop out at me from a Google search. For
1: sure. I mean – Or
0: Jujul search.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the thing, right? The the Champions League final is the, the most watched sporting event yearly and then followed by the Super Bowl. Um, I know this because I was debating this with an American friend of mine. So I, I, we looked up the stats – and then after that as a classical. So if yeah. you were, yeah, so we we're off. But but still, I mean, again, as we talked about on Thursday with all the political unrest that's going on, and it's, you know, Brian, yes, last night, Friday night was the worst night because a lot of out-of-towner Catalans came in and protesting and it was just crazy. There's a lot more arrests that happened last night. You know, from what we've seen and what we're seeing in the news, there's just really not going to be any resolution anytime
0: soon. Right, well, I don't think that, Anything is going to change in terms of the sentences that have been handed down on the the former Catalan leaders, and you can imagine that if that maybe the the protesting will die off from a like a crowd control from a law enforcement standpoint. Um, Not that I support the law they're enforcing, but you know, you know, if they can just sort of essentially treat it like a riot, you know, Mm -hmm. just a crowd control and security issue. Eventually if they can sort of absorb repeated yeah. nights of this, it it will probably eventually uh, fall off a little bit in intensity sure. because I don't see and then but then again, who knows, it might actually it might escalate to something even worse and then we'll have even way bigger problems on our hands than just a rescheduled classico.
1: For sure. For sure. And, you know, like we talked about the safety and, you know, on the news today when I was watching this afternoon that they intercepted communications that they were going to try to basically blockade the Real Madrid bus from from entering the stadium. The separatists were going to like really go after it and really make this a moment, obviously, because of such the viewership around the world. Right. So they were going to take this opportunity. So, uh, like you said, I definitely think it'll definitely die down a little bit next week. But at the same time, since there is no football next weekend. It's almost like another reason just to ramp it up for the people there in Barcelona.
0: Right. And so the way that this is going to affect every, the rest of the league and, and things is that the league will uh, continue. All the other fixtures will happen as scheduled. It's just the Classico that's going to get rescheduled, right?
1: Yep. That's, that's correct. So yep. every, all the games are good to go except for the Classico, which is, you know, a shame because obviously we know how much we love watching the Classico and how important it is uh, in the calendar that we always mark it down. You know, we always mark it down and, Uh, From a football sense, you know, I'm really uh, disappointed not to have it. Um, And, you know, in December, that's just really going to be such a crowded month of of fixtures for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, very crowded. (laughs) Yeah, and for us, you know, we just came off international break. You know, we took a week off because there wasn't football. And since we only talk about FC Barcelona, we're effectively going to have to take another week off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm complaining about small things. This is not,
1: this is not the most important thing I understand, but, but here we are. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, we're going to see what happens today uh, here in Spain. You know, I definitely hope that there is some dialogue that begins because there still hasn't been any real, real dialogue to help quell the situation, you know, and that's part of the problem as well. You know, it's just kind of using the police against the people that are protesting and, so I really hope that this week coming up that they start coming together and starting to figure out and have a dialogue and just try to get this resolved. Because if you don't talk, it's just going to continue like this. All right, well, let's
0: get into this match against Ibar. This was La Liga match day nine at Iperua Stadium. It was a 3-0 win for Barcelona. Very good result and on the road. To just quickly run down the key stats, really only two that I want to touch on was the possession was almost dead even, fifty-five and a half for Barca, forty-four and a half for Ibar, and yet the shooting was very different from the two sides. Ibar took five shots, zero of them were on target. Meanwhile, Barca only took nine, which is kind of low for them, but at least four of them, almost half, were on target. So we had. We had on-target shooting of the shooting that we had, even if it was a little bit low, and a surprisingly small amount of possession.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things to break down. But, you know, first, just as an overall thing, uh, let's look at the lineup. I mean, for me, the biggest surprise was seeing Umtiti.
0: Yeah, I was very shocked because as of 30 minutes prior to the match, he was still on transfer market listed as being injured.
1: And it's crazy. I mean, so twofold. Does that just mean that EV... Hates (laughs) Hates Todibo. <laughs> I mean, to the point where, you know, maybe Umtiti was borderline still kind of injured, but kind of just preferred having the veteran, you know. But man, Brian, I still, man, I miss having him out there. He's he's so good. He's yeah. I not mean, even playing, you know, without five months. Uh, just the physicality that he has and the speed. I mean, he's not as fast as before, but still his anticipation is, you know, I love it. I love having his... Like we always talked about last season, his physicality. Actually, two seasons ago, the specimen he is out there, uh, roving with either PK or long Yeah,
0: and he didn't look at all injured to me. He didn't look. I mean, maybe he's it's still lingering, sure. but it didn't look like it was causing him any significant problems. And he th- these are the first minutes that he's played all year for Barça. Yeah,
1: and he looked like ready to go. For sure. I mean, the thing that I looked at was his anticipation to for challenges and he was there you know and so if he was still kind of injured or slow then maybe he would have been causing more fouls I mean he definitely had two fouls that were questionable that could have been yellow cards but he was there 50 50 and the other thing too is maybe just his passing wasn't as crisp but that's what you expect when you have to play for five months
0: yeah yeah he did have a couple of bad passes it certainly wasn't wasn't crisp
1: but yeah <laughs> but you know one thing it didn't though, have you that know, snap to it it didn't have the snap but the thing is you know in the air He is incredible still. And, you know, you, I just, you know, when those crosses were coming in, I just, I felt a better sense of security because he is able to anticipate and, you know, go after those headers.
0: Yeah. So it was a big surprise and a good one, as it turns out.
1: For sure. And I guess the other thing too is, um, you know, like we predicted Griezmann, Suarez and Messi. And obviously I think that was their best performance with all three playing together well and actually kind of understanding each other a little bit more.
0: And, and a goal apiece for, for each of them. For sure. Which for was sure. nice. And even – I especially like the Suarez one because Messi could have shot on that opportunity,
1: but he <laughs> instead dished it off to Suarez. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, that's one of the things I love about Messi. I mean, I mean it, it is such a simple thing that we're just talking that he did leave the ball for Suarez because he could have finished it off himself, right? And I just love that it's just, you know, get everyone involved get everyone on the score sheet and everyone's happier.
0: Yeah. And I suppose Suarez did have the better angle since Dmitriov or Dmitrovich, excuse me. He, he was dead on, you know, they were, sure. they were head to head. So he, he gave it to Suarez wh- who had the better angle since Dmitrovich was coming in on him. So it, it, it wasn't necessarily pure selflessness.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, but he could, you know, how Messi does, how he does the chip. He could have easily chipped on that one, but obviously the better play is to pass it off to an open net. So, and obviously Suarez was able to connect. Again, I, you know, for, we talked about this on the scouting report. Uh, I think we we're pretty spot on. Obviously, uh, Sergio Roberto was subbed off because he had a knee problem. So that was one of the issues. And then I would just say maybe Busquets, you know, Busquets still for me making a lot of mistakes like he normally doesn't. Particularly misform- as
0: the match wears on.
1: Exactly. You know, that's, into, that's into a good the second point. half. That's a good point. That's really a good point because it's, you know, one of those things where you just get tired. And, and now I just feel like he's still there and he's a presence. But again, how many bad passes did he make? He's still lumbering back on defense and you notice it. And I think you notice it because of how awesome DeJong and Artur are playing, you know? And it's just the comparison of those two guys compared to Busquets with the, uh, you know, their agility, their way to stop the ball the way, I mean, they're just younger and you can just, you just notice it on the screen.
0: Yeah. And DeJong as well. I mean, they're both impressive in their own ways. I felt like uh, De Jong's runs
1: are just mm-hmm. getting more incisive and explosive lately. Correct. He's taking, he's taking more responsibility to, to take the point of attack from defense, you know? And also, a bunch of times, how many great through balls did he have going through there? You know, where he looks one way, kind of, and just puts the through ball. And again, everyone was raving about De Jong on Twitter and I would agree to you. He He was one of the standouts of this match. And Brian, you know, overall, like, like I said in the beginning, this was the best road game we've had in maybe a year, I would say, maybe since the last Clasico in Madrid. And I don't know if being in Ibar for two nights helped. Yeah, because we were talking about how, you know, having
0: to take the bus a day early uh, might have actually created more problems than it solved but it was a necess- it had to be done of course sure because no one can fly in or out of the Barcelona airport right now but uh, they, they didn't look at all uh, phased by it no, in, in not fact at all. it might have actually helped them to have that extra day in Ibar to train and decompress from the travel and
1: for sure because they trained yesterday they had a full training session yesterday and I think maybe just not having to travel because usually they would have traveled this morning. You know, most because right. it's such a short flight, right? And I think just having that, maybe it's almost like a little mini preseason camp of just two nights, you know. But they just, man, from the get go, you saw Brian and I, and I. I'm gonna give Valverde credit here, and if I hope, you know, he actually came out with a counter to the press. Yeah. Today, finally, you know, after two years, and again, it was just a matter of just anticipating the press, and you saw from the first minute we almost got a goal. That was called off sides, obviously, so it stopped the, the run of play. But the idea was, well, you know, they were starting to... What they started to do in this game is to funnel the ball through Suarez. And Suarez has one touch it over the top to catch both left and right back sleeping. And it worked because, obviously, that led to the Griezmann goal uh, from the long ball previous. So they found something in the scouting report. So I got to give Evie kudos on co- coaching and scouting on this match. Using Suarez as sort of like a point to then shuttle the ball
0: out to the left or the right behind the fullbacks that's what we that's one way to break up a press
1: for sure and the i mean before when suarez would come he wouldn't be already expecting that he was always looking to pass backwards to the midfield and then work the ball up but since they had that play he he knew it was either going to be left or right and you could just tell like they just started doing that and they were catching those fullbacks off every time and so what happened the fullbacks had a not press as much. And all of a sudden, they gave Suarez a little bit more space. Now, I would definitely say this is one of Suarez's best overall games, you know, where he did have a goal off of the Messi thing, but he was a little bit more active. And I just think, you know, it's for me, it's just a matter of the formation. You know, I I posted on Twitter that I would like to see Busquets out and just put another right wing and just have Messi at the middle, because you saw today the interchange of Griezmann, Suarez and Messi. They all want to go to the middle. They all want to lay the ball off and do through balls. So allow that, but you need still balance on the right. And when Messi does take that ball all the way to the left, it just crowds it and it makes it easier to defend. And that happened a couple of times when we were static. But I would say, Brian, overall, I was very, very happy with this game.
0: Yeah, well, we mentioned on Friday how Suarez has actually is probably the fresher between him and, and Griezmann because Griezmann did play uh, both matches for France, all 90 minutes each. During the international break, whereas Suarez was just, you know, in Barcelona, having Mate doing his own training, I imagine. Or, you know, maybe they had some squad trainings. But so and he looked it. He looked he looked fresh for just about all 90.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is just Alba being back too. you know, again, I don't know if it's just Alba being back the two days and Suarez being fresh. You know, it's like the whole combo of everything that we just looked a lot better today than we have all season. Again, you know, Alba is super important to our attack and also on our defense. But again, you just see he plugs into this match and all of a sudden that left side is locked down.
0: Yeah, it, it, I mean, he makes such a difference. Yeah. It's so it's so different having him on. I think that the more experience Semedo got in the left back position, he did get more reliable and comfortable sure. doing it. But it's still not the same. Because, I mean, even at
1: right back, Semedo doesn't quite hold a candle to Alba. Yeah. I mean, the thing with you know with Alba, his offense is his defense. Right? Because the other team is so worried about his runs and his play going up forward that they, they don't choose to exploit that corner. And obviously, Alba is so good with the passing energy change with Messi. And now he's linking up better with Griezmann, you can see. And also with Artur. So, again, you can just see... It's one of those things where it's out of sight, out of mind. You know what I'm saying? When Alba's playing, you never have to really worry about that left side, you know, ever. And you can kind of just focus as a team, as a coach, on the other aspects on this field.
0: Yeah, well, you don't have to worry until it's the second leg of the Champions League quarter (laughs) semifinal (laughs) in Liverpool.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? But we're not there yet. So We're not there yet. We're not there. But the thing is, we just need to substitute Alba to keep him fresh because – he is a human. He's not a robot, you know. He doesn't eat batteries for fuel, you know. So <laughs> so you got to rest him, you know. Use the FIFA indicator to see if he's exhausted and then just sub him. I mean, now you know that Samedo can cover him for a match and you don't lose anything. So use that, you know, use that to your advantage, especially in December with all those matches that are coming up and now with the Clasico being pushed back. Yeah, that that's going to get it's going
0: to get really tight. It was already tight in December yeah. and now it's just that much tighter with the Classico coming. But let's break down the goals. First one came in the 13th minute from Griezmann. Ibar with a very high line and Griezmann had a nicely timed run to receive the ball that was sent over the top from Longley and he, then he just had a free run on Dimitrievich, the Ibar goalkeeper. 1-0 Barcelona.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. This is, I mean, you can't get any more direct than this, you know, no. <laughs> from one box to the other box, you know, and again, Griezmann, uh, I think his especially in this match, is definitely adapting more for the left wing position. He was starting to use the space and go forward and attack. And in this play, the fullback fell and he was one on one. But these are the type of goals, Brian, that as a striker, when I when I was playing, I hated. it. Because you think too much. You have Mm -hmm. so many. You're going to go, am I going to go high? Am I going to go low? Am I going to go high? And he, you know, he didn't hit it clean because it got blocked a little bit. But it went in and that's the most important thing. And I think overall for that to go in gave everyone the confidence that this was going to be an easier match than it was. You know, that it could have been for sure.
0: Because in the opening 10 minutes, you know, Ibar definitely seemed to be making some threats. For sure. For sure. But when we got that 13-minute goal, I think we took the wind out of their sails a little bit. And even though they continue to play their strategy, they just, I don't think they had as much um, fire in their bellies. For sure. I
1: mean, that's the thing. You know, we talked about, you know, earlier about the press, you know, how we beat the press. And the other thing, too, is we threw the long balls today. And it's funny because, you know, we were talking about how we're no longer really the Tiki Taka style, right? And this game, you know, with the possession numbers that we see, I prefer this style of play because, A, we looked more dangerous on attack we were more solid on defense and also we were able to exploit them on our speed and just having a a varied attack, you know, again, I don't know if it's just the evolution of the season right now, because, you know, if we talk about four weeks ago, we didn't know what we were doing. Right. Right. But with this team right now, as it is with the starting 11, I prefer this style of attack where we're just going to go direct. We're not going to have the greatest possession, but I would prefer this because I mean, how many great scoring opportunities or opportunities did we have in this match, we had a lot, you know, and to me, that's more exciting to watch.
0: Right. And not just the nine shots that, you know, made it onto the stat sheet. There were more opportunities than that that just got broken up and that sort of thing.
1: For sure. And again, this was a great long ball by long lay to, to find uh, Griezmann deep <laughs> in the end zone, you know, yeah. basically. <laughs> and uh again, you know, like I said, the full the, the left and right fullback in the first 15 minutes were definitely pressured. And that was a really good scouting job by the team to find that and exploit their speed early.
0: Yeah. So then the second goal didn't come until the second half in the 58th minute. And this was Messi's uh, where Suarez got the pass in. And he, you know, he looked like he was the one to take the shot, but then uh, got a little broken down. And while the defenders were preoccupied with Suarez and Griezmann as well, Messi just came around to their left behind them to pick up the ball from Griezmann. Open, just about an open goal almost um minus the defender and the goalkeeper but he he scored
1: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and it's funny because i mean this is this is the funny part of Suarez where his lumpiness caused the chaos and traffic where basically Messi came in on the scrum behind and just got the goal you know it's funny because like on that play Messi reminds me of a hockey player with a puck, you know what I'm saying? Like the way he's just able to bring that around because that's super difficult to dribble that ball, keep it tight. And then just shoot like that, especially in those closed quarters. So yes. And before that, I think it was Frankie de Young's pass to Suarez that set it up as well. So yes. that was also the other thing as we talked to, as we highlighted earlier about De Jong's performance and his through ball and Suarez, you know, wasn't able to get a clear first touch, but then Griezmann was able to get one other touch. And then it was, and then it was messy for that. So uh, are we calling this? I don't know. MSG. I mean, are we calling that an MSG goal? The first one. Yeah. Well. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> or MSN part duh. MSN part duh. But yeah, the <laughs> yeah, just the MSG connotations. It's it's not as complimentary.
1: Yeah, not good for your cholesterol, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what has what
1: has better branding, MSG or MSN. I mean, yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so that, I mean, overall, it was just a really good take, and but also it was, you know, Suarez and Griezmann not trying to do too much, and again, Messi's sixth sense just to see what everything else was going on, I mean, he's already two steps ahead of everyone else you know taking that ballet, and, and it was a cool calm finish by Messi as always
0: yeah yeah very calm He you know he made it look so easy but I, you know I said almost an open goal but actually there was a defender coming in on the shot there was the goalkeeper who you yeah. know who ne- nearly saved it uh, so it wasn't as easy as that and he still made it look like it was a walk in the park for him and then eight minutes later Suarez gets his goal that could have very easily been Messi's uh, and this was Griezmann with the through ball to Messi, and he's dead on, like we mentioned against Dimitrovich. So rather than shoot, he just dished it off to Suarez to get that uh, get that goal
1: for sure. I mean, as I talked about, like I would, my dream is a four two three one because, as we saw in the action. That was happening in this match where Messi was going to the middle and Griezmann's going to the middle. You can see what happens. They're such good passers. And Griezmann's pass on this is an absolute dime. It's it's a dream. It goes right through with the perfect pace. The keeper has to come out. And when he does, it just leaves it wide open for Suarez. And again, Suarez was able to finish that. But I'll credit Suarez for understanding the play and just running along with Messi. Another Another great play by the trio. And you can just see now, I think more importantly, it's Griezmann understanding more his space on the left and also having the flexibility to come in the middle because today he came in the middle a lot, but he was really trying to find through balls and trying to get through the attack. And I also think the spacing now with Suarez and Griezmann is much better. So you can just see that in today's match and the defense didn't know where to defend. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, those three are really starting to click, mm-hmm. uh, which sure. is nice. I mean, that's- yeah, I mean, it's very nice because I mean, think about where we were four weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know, before the international break, we were kind of wondering if we should use this. So for right now, it's it's they definitely are going to accumulate more minutes and more chemistry. You can see that. Uh I still think that Suarez eventually should be subbed off and Griezmann should be at the number nine. But I mean, this overall for me is a really great victory considering this was one of our best road performances in the last eight months. And I still can't get over that because... Just as we were tired, we thought the team was going to be lethargic, and they were not.
0: No, yeah, they didn't look at all lethargic. I mean, we've seen so many of those 4 o'clock kickoffs where everyone looks like they just got out of bed. And here they were. It was 1 o'clock, and they were up for it. They were definitely up Energized. For it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And again, um, maybe we're seeing a difference in the style of play that maybe we're going to be a little bit more direct now. And maybe with De Jong and Artur taking more control with those through balls. And so I look I like that right now because I think it suits our team better than trying to have a seventy percent possession game and not really have any great chances in scoring.
0: Right, right. Well, you know, you mentioned Arthur and De Jong a couple of times, and they were in on top of Samedo, who came in for Sergio Roberto at, at halftime uh because of his knee injury, Arthur and De Jong were the other two players who were subbed off. So so we talk about resting players in preparation for other matches and rotation and things like that. And in this case, it seems like Valverde is, in fact, thinking about the Wednesday match in the Champions League against Slavia Prague, taking off Arthur and De Jong.
1: It seems to me that he's trying to keep them fresh for that match. For sure, especially with the Classico not having you just have two matches this week, get a good performance. And again, you know, Arthur and De Jong are our two most important midfielders right now, for sure. They are our most talented right now. Dynamic and most important. So we need to keep them fresh. I, it, you know, I always laugh now when Rakitic comes in for Dijon because remember in the summertime, Rakitic is like, Dijon doesn't even really play my position. He's not going to take my time, you know, or my (laughs) minutes. And for example, for in this upcoming match against Prava, I would like to see Rakitic in the starting midfielder with these two. I think he's a better complimentary than Busquets, maybe? Yeah, that could be. Well, and especially, you
0: know, Busquets played all 90 minutes in this match, yeah. so he might be a little bit uh, a little bit
1: haggard. It's just really crazy to see. I, w- I don't know if it's rapid, but it just seems from every game, you just notice more mistakes from Busquets, more laps of concentration. But I also don't know if that's the the fault of his or playing with Dijon and Artur where he doesn't know their style yet because, you know, he played with Javier and Nesta for so long from kids you know and so he knew exactly where they were going to be and on a couple of those passes i, I was obviously they're his fault because he made the bad pass but at the same time i wasn't sure he read something and they didn't read it and so then it becomes a bad pass but he's doing that more often though <laughs> right that's, at,
0: that's, at this point he, it is hard to tell if if he is just sort of falling off a little bit or if it's a chemistry issue or and or you know, what's most likely is that there's a little bit of both in there.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I just remember one play where he led a a lead ball and he thought that I think Dijon was going to run onto it and Dijon was behind him kind of like stopped and he was like, oh, (laughs) <laughs> and so that didn't happen. Back so, on defense. Back on defense. Exactly. Turn around and run. So, so yeah. But, again, like we said, at least he's making substitutions and he's using them now. And also he's using them earlier, as we see in the 70th minute, right? Not in the 88th minute. Right. You know, just, the, just he's the, the last substitution. So, so yeah. So is this EV's best game of the season, too? I would say yes as well.
0: Yeah. And this is uh, – we've talked – we've been focusing a lot this year on the away record and this is now Barca's second away win and third clean sheet in a row in La Liga. So it might be a little too early to call it a trend, but their away form and defensive work, keeping the goals out, that is all looking good at this stage.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, as we talked about these past matches that Messi's come back, I just think those were preseason, you know, and him just getting back into the fold, us getting more scoring opportunities again. get like you said, I'm I'm cons- I will see what happens this weekend or this week against Prava to see how if it starts to become a trend. But I mean, Trastega was not even bothered today. I don't think he even got a sweat out.
0: No, well, like I said, <laughs> none of Iber's shots were on target. He he hardly. He hardly had, he didn't have to save any shots. He he did pull out some crosses from the air. He he
1: did yeah. work a little bit. Yeah, I don't even think he went to ground at all. <laughs> no, yeah, his uniform you know, was clean. His uniform was I mean, they could just use the same uniform for they don't even have to wash it. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> and that's a great sign because because we know how important shutouts are, and that is really the difference between when we play these tough teams in February and March. You know, if we are able to be defensively sound. We should win the majority of the games with our attacking talent. So, like I said, I got to give kudos to E V for this match because he definitely made some wrinkles finally. And also just the overall team performance. And again, uh, best away performance in the last eight months for sure
0: barca talk is a production of sound it media written by gabriel quiroga and brian henderson editing and post-production by brian henderson social media and promotion by 2. Go. become a patron for a better listening experience and subscribe to the newsletter at varsatalk.net. until next time bisca barça
1: sports social podcast network
0: Plus.